right, sorry. <laughs> the wife just pulled up, and so my girls are at the front door going, ding, 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 pushing the doorbell. <laughs> so my dogs are both going wild, like just both of them just barking their asses off. Like, oh, oh. That's awesome. I thought I was in the clear. They usually don't get home till like 7, but ooh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> Good thing this video I'm recording wasn't going on live. Yeah, see, see where it says edit invite link? Uh-huh. Click that, and then you can change it from seven days to never. To never. Problem solved. If we ever start making money, I'm just gonna have to make you sign a contract that I get I get cuts in perpetuity. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that the Skype is still recording this because we will put this into the pre-show. Yeah, we gotta get you on the saxophone next time. Get some <laughs> get some duets, some harmonies going now. Assholes. Yeah, wait a day. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> Anyone stop to think about me? There we go. Yeah, who needs a nine to five job when you could just be here on the computer on Skype with me nine to five every day? Yeah, Doesn't that sound yeah, perfect? That, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I have no idea where that ended. I totally forgot to stop my actual audio recording because I was so excited about oh. it. <laughs> Again, just I'm so thankful for the work you put in on this. Really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Why, hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Poe River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, Mr. Professional, Christopher Joseph Burkhart. How are you, sir? I'm good. We got to teach you about framing, though, if we're going to put this bad boy on camera. Are you, like, leaning oh. in, giving me, like, a half-your-head cut off? Come on, now. <laughs> Come on, now. Well, I, I, can't, I can't see what you're looking at here. I don't have any monitor to, to go off. I didn't know where we were. You know, hey, I can be right here, and I have the Trailcaster's words frame right next to me, or I can lean over, and now you get the basketball hoop. Plus, plus you know, me stroking the beard on the chin. Is this not – you're saying this isn't sexy? Not a good look here? Not when you're out of frame, bro. Stay in the middle you know of what? your cam. <laughs> Pretty simple. Okay, okay. Boxed in. Boxed in one. <laughs> <laughs> all right man uh so yeah how's your weekend how's uh how's your week been hectic as always as we're always reaching indeed. the we're reaching the 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 time of the year where things within the burkhart household go nuts because it's literally yeah, february march april may is and june is in there too brutal because my wife has a very big family so I mean, she's got about 100 brothers and sisters and I think 200 nieces and nephews, so it gets nutty. <laughs> and I got a fairly big family as well, but from February all the way through June, it is quite literally birthday after birthday after birthday, oh, wow. and they're almost, almost, like, perfectly a week apart every single time. Like, we just did a, one of the my girls' little cousin's birthday last weekend. His brother's birthday, so their other cousin's birthday is 10 days after that, which is going to be this weekend. And, oh uh, yeah, the, the March gauntlet is is, is this, obviously we're through March. So that's the same thing. April, we get a few in there. But May and June, man, is like wild berries. It's, <laughs> it's, like, my sister's, my, it's like my sister's birthday. Then exactly a week after my sister's birthday is my wife's birthday. And then, like... I think that's going to be like 
a week and a half after that is my brother's birthday. And then exactly a week after that is like her mom's birthday. Exactly a week after her mom's birthday is my dad's birthday and ex then Father's Day. So like we run the flipping gauntlet this time of year. So yes, the hecticness has started. We haven't had all birthdays, but we had, uh, we'd spent this last weekend, we spent Saturday back down in Portland. My nephew, Adam, shout out to him. Hey! Shout out to CJ and Britt, hey, as well as Tyler, the hey! whole family down there in Sherwood. Adam had his uh, basketball finals uh, for the season. They took second place. Nice. Dude uh, had a great game, got to see the semifinals. We were not able to stay for the finals because it was a long day, late night, but had a nice time seeing them. And then we get the, uh, the call, or the text message earlier this week, where Tyler, his younger brother, has a birthday this weekend. So I guess we're gonna have back-to-back uh, uh, -back weekends of, of spending our time down in Portland. Last week, uh, listeners, we had a fantastic mailbag. Hour and 37 minutes after the edit. Correction, it was actually an hour and 27 minutes. I left some sort of marker in there while editing and it trailed on for a little bit of dead space. My bad, guys. Shout out to my brother Carter for pointing that one out. Of commercial-free, ad-free, listener questions and conversation with Chris Knight. It's always mostly ad-free because you <laughs> over there have these like moral high grounds you won't cross to make a penny. So you're like, nope, <laughs> never even gonna. I'm never even gonna, you know, broach the topic here about maybe ever getting sponsored by McDonald's because <laughs> corporate. We don't need no McDonald's blah, money. Blah, blah, blah. We don't <laughs> this is another podcast. We will jump to that at another point. But hey. Ad-free listening for the most part. If we're going to throw an ad in here, shout out to Clearly Speaking. Brand knocked over at Clearly Speaking. Supported Trailcasters from day one. Not giving us any more uh, 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 financial support because I haven't asked her to, but I bet she would if we did. If we reached out, she'd be down for it. And she's a local business. So if you need any help with your uh, language skills, getting up and having... Uh, confidence in your speaking abilities publicly go and talk to brendan nuckton at clearly speaking that's the first time we've done an ad read on here like a legit ad read in probably a couple years i, I feel good about that so so you're welcome chris you last episode what i was trying to say is we had an hour and a half plus of commercial free ad free questions from just uh just questions from you the listeners talking about everything from Expectations for new pieces like Justice Winslow, young pieces like Drew Eubanks, Joe Cronin's future, CJ's past time here, Nasir Little and Nurk's return timelines, season ticket holder benefits, and Mortal Kombat with a C, Chris, with a C. Mortal Kombat with a C. But we'll <laughs> if you if you don't get that <laughs> joke, <component. laughs> that's a that that's, that that middle finger there is. Brandon's signal to uh to that he had to go on the episode, so that's also a, a universal signal here on podcasting. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, if if you don't get the moral combat with the C joke, that means you are not on our Discord yet. And what the hell is wrong with you? Get over to Discord, join us on there. The link will be in the episode description. Everyone is invited to our Discord. Come and join us. You can submit questions there, uh, participate in in our video episodes when we get this going more, and you know, hear all the inside jokes about how Mortal Kombat should really be spelled. Go and check out the mailbag episode, though. We're going to do another one as soon as we get more questions in here. It was a whole lot of fun. As it. for today, we just had our Spaces episode last night. We're gonna, we can go over some of the things from that. I want to get your opinion, Chris, since you couldn't make it. Uh, have some other kind of just random tidbits that didn't make it into the, the mailbag or the Spaces. But first things first, America's favorite segment on any podcast anywhere, Love, Hugs, and Hate Mail. You want to go first or second, Chris, this week? What are you feeling? I got to go second because I, I improv this thing, so I don't know what's going on. Okay. Well, I will lead us off. I got I got double love, actually. So I'm, I'm going to go with one. If you don't hit the other, I'm coming back to it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave 
leave a leave an alley oop out there for you just in case uh, you need something. My my love though, my first love is going to Trent Watford. Trent Watford signed his contract with the Blazers, five point eight million dollars a year for four years. Two of those seasons non guaranteed, but still, this is a huge step up for the undrafted dude who is. Just sincerely impressed, man. Like like we've talked before plenty here where I was mad at first that Watford was getting minutes over Greg Brown, who had a you know an actual spot on the team here as opposed to the 10-day that Watford was on. But the dude makes a lot of good basketball decisions. He doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. He's a bit of a tweener, so it's hard to really define his role, but Man, I, I enjoy watching him, and I hope I hope the uh, the ride continues here in Portland. I hope we see what he can do here, and I'm excited about it. I did the same thing. I was wondering why Watford was getting more more minutes than, than Greg Brown, and then went to a handful of games in person, which is like you you know that's the part I miss of not being you know with NBC at the, at the moment is being yeah, to, to all those games in person. And when you see him in person, it became clear why Watford was getting more minutes than, than Greg Brown. He's got a you could tell he's got a basketball mind. Uh, on that on the shoulders of his like he he knows where to be when to be there um and there's just a lot of raw potential there that i think the blazers can tap into where he goes long term like i don't know i'm not saying that he's gonna turn into a you know 15 year veteran or this and that or turn into a stud but what he is going to do is he's going to be a serviceable basketball player wherever you um decide to put him so yeah that's that's some good love sending it there the way of old trendon watford i like that how about yours yourself? You got any uh, any love to add, or 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 can I uh, lob up like a, a little coin here, a, a a copper, copper copper penny, a copper penny? penny. Hey, oh, I see where you're going there. <laughs> I see where you're going there. But I'm just gonna agree with you fully on this one. The love's going to Watford for he's he's earned it. Cool. All the love goes to uh, the Blazers, young undrafted. Uh, not stud yet hopefully he can get there but the young undrafted future star maybe a little bit of Wes Matthews in him right remember what undrafted went to Utah people slept on him and here he is still playing in the league so yeah good on Watt we love it I think that was even his tweet when uh when this all went down online and and, you know the the deal got announced the four-year deal for him I think he just put capital letters undrafted at the the top of the uh the the retweet or the quote tweet so Proud of the dude. Uh, the other one I just was, like I said, I was trying to lob up there. We're mentioning Penny Simons. Brandon McIntyre, shout out to BMAC hey. on our Discord, right before the pause started, mentions that Simons has made the most threes in the league since the new year, since January 1st of 2022 here. Uh, and then you, sir, Chris Burkhart, followed up with only three players have hit 100-plus threes in that span, like that two-month and eight-day span or whatever. Uh And in that time frame, Simons has had the second-highest three-point percentage at 423 not too bad. And I agree, sir, that is not too bad. Pretty proud of what Penny has been doing for the most part up here. Yeah, 42.3%. That's the second most of the top 20, like you just said. It's the number one in the league in that time frame at 119. Second Oof. is Fred, Fred Van Vliet at uh, 109. And then Evan Fournier rounds out the only three who have hit over 100. One caveat, though. I know we want to get excited about Ant leading the way there, but Van Van Vliet has only 10 fewer than Ant, and he has played four fewer games in that time span. So the uh, the average per, but who cares about that? Ant is, it doesn't matter where Ant is, number one, two, three, four, five, like he's in that range. Uh, it just goes to show you how quickly he's progressed when he was given the keys to the kingdom, you know? Dame yeah, goes right. out and it's like, let's see what you can do, Ant, and he has proven... That he can be a stud. The, the future with Ant is very, very bright. Hopefully Portland 
um, plays their cards right because not only Keith does it open up avenues for possible Dame trades, which I don't think is the route they're going. I think sign and trades for Ant to improve the roster become infinitely more explorable at this point. So very, very mm, interesting off season. There you go. Very, very interesting off season. There's going to be teams like Detroit uh, who, gosh, Ant will play very, very well next to Cade Cunningham in that system with a bunch of young up and comers. Obviously, they have Jeremy Grant, who's been linked to Portland. Um, not saying that's what happens. I'm just saying there's going to be teams who are interested. Maybe, yeah, so. completely. I, I ah, we talked about this earlier. I, I am, I am not willing to uh, 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 open my mind even to the idea that we are moving on from the Dame era because that's just how my loyalty goes. I do feel like this uh, this Dame trade potential idea might come up again in a minute, though. I'm not sure if it's going into your hugs or I figure it might be more in your hate mail than hugs. Uh, but yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, we'll we'll get to that in a he second. Knows me. Let's let's do the hugs first, though. I, I got my hugs ready to go here. And uh, on a related topic, since we're talking about Anthony, I'm going to go with my hugs. Uh, I'm sending my hugs to the Anthony Simon supporters out there, some certain supporters specifically. We've had uh, some interesting times on Twitter recently, not getting too deep into it. But some people are getting really uh, sour about about maybe certain podcasts or certain other people trying to be creative with Anthony Simon's nickname. Uh, and look, I, I, I'm, I'm holding on to the idea. If you want to call him Ant, call him Ant. I don't think it's the best nickname. I think there are other options that make more sense and have uh, a nice ring to him. So I think as a fan, it's my right to enjoy that. But some people out there uh, think their opinion matters more and they disagree with that stance. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Hugs to them. Hope they're doing okay. In that same vein, I'm going to send my hugs to you because you need one, man. <laughs> you are on top of that hill dying for no real reason, <laughs> except you want to name him Penny because he's named after Penny Hardaway. Blah, blah, I mean, look, blah. Man, look, I'm not the only one here, man. I'm not the only one dying on this hill. I've had multiple other people, even in spaces last night, uh, which you were unfortunately not there to represent your side of this conversation. But we had other people that were agreeing that penny's a pretty good nickname it fits it rolls off the tongue a bit so yeah i'm, you know, I'm just gonna start i'm just gonna start calling michael jordan ground jordan like i, I just I, I thought his game was just like he, he had he had handles that people just don't don't respect enough like sure dunks are cool ground. but the handles are great so ground jordan uh di diesel diesel gas is way more expensive than unleaded so shack is now going to be unleaded gas because it's just a little little more friendlier on the wallet um unleaded electric Call unleaded electric. to the rack it just it flows it just flows uh you know it, come on come on <laughs> Shout out to Penny Simon. Uh, okay, so on to, on to the hate mail. Uh, you got any hate mail that's jumping out at you this week, Chris? Um, I'm going to plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. Not going with it? Not doing it? You can I got only, Okay. You can, only, you can only bite the hand that feeds you so much, Keith. I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm going to send some hate mail. Uh, up up to the top brass around here. Uh, I'm not worried about biting any hands. I'm, my my hate mail is going straight up to uh, the 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 number one desk in the Blazers and even kind of the Pacific Northwest sports pyramid out here, the top of Vulcan. Over to Jody Allen. This is not the time, Jody, to be trading a giant franchise star on one of your sports teams because you're making everyone else in the fan base of the other sports teams freak the f out about what, what that means for their potential star. No, here's the deal, Keith. We need to go in on this. 
I'm just saying, I wasn't going to send hate mail to, to the fans who hated on me on social because I love them. Oh, even no, the that's one, fine. Yeah, send, even send the it ones to Jody. That, even the ones that hate me. I'm not going to send it to Jody. She's a businesswoman. She's doing <laughs> what she thinks is best for her business at this time. It doesn't jive well with the fan bases. But this is a thing. This is a thing. I'm seeing the comments on social. I'm, I'm seeing the subtweets on me and other people. When you look up north and see that Seattle just traded Russell Wilson... You have to take pause because he is their Damian Lillard. Okay. Now I know fans who come in here and go, well, there's a difference because, because uh, Damian Lillard has on multiple occasions said how he wants to be in Portland and he'd rather win a championship here than go anywhere else. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Russ didn't ask for a trade. He said that he did present the team with a list of teams he would prefer to go to because the information was at the time that the team was exploring possibility. That's not requesting a trade. Okay. okay. That's completely different. Okay. Secondly, a, 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 he has been on the record more than once. There was an interview with local radio, I believe, believe, believe it was local radio, it might have been national radio, just last month, where he reiterated that, you know, I, I've won a Super Bowl here and I want to stay here. My goal this offseason is to be back in Seattle and build this team. And I want to win three more Super Bowls before it's done. Like he reiterated his desire to be in Seattle and win in Seattle. Okay. And outside of that, I'm not going to fault the guy, even if he requested a trade, because you know what? At the end of the day, it is business, right? And so if you're not jiving with the place that you're working with, it's just time to cut bait. But you can't deny what Russell Wilson did for that city. He's done phenomenal things for the Seattle community. He jumped on the Portland Diamond Project train too, as well, because he's sitting there and he goes, yes, Seattle has a baseball team, but this puts me up in Portland too, which is a Seattle Seahawk market. So I'm going to try to do some stuff in that community as well. He's been a star off the field for all, for by all accounts. He's been great. He is their date. He and Russ parallel far more than people want to say they do. So the thing is, if she is willing to trade the face of that franchise, she's willing to trade the face of the Portland Trailblazers. Okay? Now, fans who get mad at me for saying this on social, <laughs> I'm not advocating for it. I am just, I, I am reading between the lines here. If you can't see that this is what's going on, then you aren't paying enough uh, not enough attention. You get the people who, who want to argue with me and, and, and say that, oh, well, it's completely different because it's Seattle Seahawks versus the Blazers and they run two different organizations, Paul Allen this and Jody Allen that. Jody Allen does not care about sports. Yeah. She doesn't care about the Seahawks. She does not care about the Blazers. She enjoys them to the fact that she's their owner, so she's semi-involved. But the end game here for both franchises is to get them to a viable spot to sell so that she no longer has to deal with that asset. And to be fair to her, this was never the this wasn't the path she chose. Like she right. did not choose to go be a sports franchise owner. It was unfortunately put into her lap when her brother passed away. So I, I don't know if we can we can't really completely fault her for not being an invested owner, Keith, because this wasn't what this wasn't what she wanted to do. So now she's going to go the path of hopefully selling these teams, and the both of them do need to be sold. They need because the, they will both be better off when it happens, because then they get to change their focus from asset liquidation and profits to make the the, the asset look better in the eyes of a buyer, and get back to winning is what's important. Because with your Jody Allen. You're making trades like CJ McCollum and Rocco and Norman Powell to get under the tax so you don't have to pay extra tax money again. 
right? Right. We, we said those trades were specifically about the money. Like we knew, right. we said this weeks ago, where we knew this is what the, what they were the value or the motive was. Yeah, and if you're Paul Allen, you're saying whatever. Taxes are taxes. I want right. to win. Right. If you really pay attention to how Jody Allen has ran the Blazers and how Jody Allen has run the Seahawks, there are very, very, very few differentiations there is a lot of parallels which is why i said that you should take pause now before we go like i text you do i think he's getting traded no do i think it's the right course of action no i still think the right course of action is to build around him because he's a generational player for you but the possibility that it could happen to me feels more possible than ever the minute Russell Wilson was willingly let go, I can't I can't disagree with anything you're saying on that. I, it's 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 it is scarier now than it was at any point recently. Even though, like we said, we've known for weeks when we saw what they were doing at the trade deadline, where we saw it was so much about the financials, and we saw this team going young, being of younger assets that didn't seem to have nearly as much return as you would expect in some of the pieces that were being let go, like Norman Powell. We've said this that there was kind of some foreshadowing, so maybe an inkling of 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 this kind of a uh, of, of motive and, and again this has not happened with the Blazers yet we see this happening with the Seahawks I hear you that there is a lot of similarities I didn't even know about those comments you mentioned with Russ more recently where he kind of tried to reinforce that he yes did indeed want to stay with Seattle if he had his way we all know about the the whether the the trade request that didn't really get requested kind of thing and all that uh I know we're going to talk about Lamarcus later so we can always come back to this but I feel like Part of the question in my mind, as far as maybe kind of trying to soothe some Blazers fans' fears here, is just that as much of the situation on paper, like you're describing, is similar between Dame and Russ, I almost feel like Russ, with, with the intangibles, with some of the, the personality, the way he presents himself, the way he says these things in interviews, he feels more like a LaMarcus than a Dame. He feels a little more like that guy who's saying the things that he knows is supposed to be said on camera, even though it's not necessarily what's being said off camera. Uh, Again, I don't follow football super closely. I definitely don't follow the Seahawks very closely. That's just an impression, and it's just some of the things you you know hear here and there. And the Lamarcus thing, like you said, there's layers to that. There are layers to what happened with him. Uh, and it, I, I just feel like on the surface, I hear what you're saying about the similarity between Dame and Russ. So, I do think that maybe there's a little bit of difference between the sincerity no. of what Dame that, wants but, to do versus what Russ was maybe kind of presenting. But that, that should not matter in, in this. Yeah, that's, it, no, that's in, the, and that's the question the, of Jody and, and what she wants to do. Yeah, right, and that's matter. that's the thing where I get I, I get defensive and have just logged off Twitter because right. I didn't want to deal right. with it. Right, because people are attacking you for yeah, yeah. yeah. Because ahead. here's the thing, I, I I get what you're saying, and I also agree with what you're saying. I feel I feel Dame is very sincere, mm. and I, I I feel that in situations Russell Wilson comes across as as fake, okay, for lack of a better term. That's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but but. How they interact with the media or how they present themselves in a social platform does not take away from or determine or anything what they mean to that fan base and that franchise and everything. Because you can argue all day long, Keith, that that LaMarcus Aldridge came across as fake because he said the whole, I want to be the greatest blazer of all time and thing, just, yeah, and then bolted. Your, your point is that we're basing the perception of him off of the results. It's, it's like a yes. result-oriented kind of yeah, Oh, 100, 100%, 100%. It's easy to say. That Dame will never leave. He's the greatest blazer of all time. He means too, so much to the franchise. But when your owner is throwing out all the red flags to say she does not care about 
what any of those things mean. She only yeah. cares about saving money. That is what I meant by take pause. Because yeah. it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because again, if you cared about how the team and the fan, uh, or how, how the fan base perceives that athlete, how the fan base connects to that athlete, and what that fan, fan base, like, or what that player truly means to Rip City, or the 12th man, if you factor in those things, Keith, you're not trading Russell Wilson. No. Mm, yeah, if she cared about those things. Yeah, so that, yeah. You're not. Ugh. Ugh, that is I a don't... tough part here. So again, yeah. when I say these things, I got to keep saying this. So I know we're going to get the hate. Is this is not, please, this is not an indictment on Dame. This is not to say Dame wants out. This is not saying that Russ was an evil person. This is not saying that fans are, are dumb for being overly emotional to their connection to Dame. All it's saying is beware of what your ownership is doing because they're painting a not good picture. Right. So again, are they going to trade Dame? I don't think so. I do not think so. I think that Cronin has enough sway at this point that he wants to build around that guy and he should, but boy, the moves she's making, especially up there in Seattle, for all the people in our Discord and all the people on Twitter who say they don't follow the NFL, you just said you don't follow the NFL much. Good on you, because it's been a good day for you. It's been a good day for you. There's still a lot going on. It's a decision yeah. day, right? Basically, long story short again. Long story short. Put in your mind what it would feel like to wake up and to a text or a, a Twitter notification Oof. that from Woj or Shams or whoever that me, because I'm the one who breaks all the news, um, that <laughs> Portland in a blockbuster has traded day. Uh. That is what the Seattle fan base woke up to this morning. And that's what I mean when I say he was their day. That's all I mean by that. It's ugly. You got to feel for Seattle fans. We really should have given a hug to the Seattle fans. because they, they definitely need some hugs right now. Hope everyone is no. okay in the Seahawks fan base. No. 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 Because, <laughs> hey. You don't want to give hugs to these fans? Here's the thing. I'm a Niner fan at heart, so I'm not giving the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks fans hugs. You, you are a Timbers fan, and you're never crossing that line in the sand to give Seattle Sounder That's, fan hugs. Okay. So I know I, how I, I know you. how this That's thing fair. works. Yes. That's why I like the Mariners. You can't really hate on the Mariner fan base. Baseball, as much as I love it, can be a boring sport. So it's hard to hate on anyone, really, except the Yankees and the Red Sox, which sucks because I'm a Red Sox fan, so I get the hate part of that. But, <laughs> but the Mariners, see, we won't hate on the Mariners. They're just like they're, they're the fun, they're the fun-loving brother who's just always there having a good time, doesn't ruffle anybody's feathers, and you're like, you're always just happy to see him because you know, you know there's no drama with it with him when he comes around look at those kids just up there in seattle just hitting a ball in the park good for them i hope they're enjoying the nice sunny day at the park think about think about that <laughs> think about that their their dame their greatest player in franchise history his nickname was even the kid so like <laughs> which is weird because he was a grown-ass man so his nickname should have been the adult but you know this is show doesn't really debate who should be nicknamed what and why and how so no no of course a- not you just go with the nicknames you want to go with it like <laughs> like na- nicknames like penny that just line up they make sense uh historically and and uh uh, uh okay we're not going back to that we'll get back we got plenty of other else to get to <laughs> let's move forward last night on spaces Shout out to Roe from hey. Busted Bucket. Uh, and also shout out to Tim, hey. the other guy we've been talking with from Busted. Both of them on our Discord. 
you were not available for our space last night. All good. I forgive you. Ro was able to come and join us. Uh, and one of the first things he led off with, I, I just tried to move us on from the nickname stuff. And then one of the first things that Ro led off with was saying, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of like that penny thing. That's pretty good. I like that nickname. So we launched into that right on the top of spaces. Got people arguing back and forth right off the bat about how uh, Simon's mom calls him aunt. So apparently we all have to call him aunt now because his mom does. And apparently because the girlfriend yelled at us on Twitter, whatever else. Um, but Roe also backed me up on Ben McLemore. Uh, he, he was very clear about pronouncing that last name with the McLemore, not like the white rapper Macklemore, as we're hearing all the time on broadcast at this point. So, uh, yeah, we had a really good space going. We did have some other things come up, though, that I wanted your opinion on. I don't need your opinion on the penny stuff. We've got it already. But uh, one of, one of Roe's first questions was, of the young guys that we've seen so far, Brandon Williams, Keon Johnson, Trent Watford, Greg Brown, uh, CJ Ellaby, who must make the roster next year? We got into like the the kind of the the who, what fans rush more of the of those young players were for the Blazers so far, and kind of getting into ranking here and there. Is there, is there anyone beyond Watford that you think uh, Blazers are really trying to hold on to, or is that really the piece that you see as a rotation player? Well, it's Keon Johnson because if if Portland gets both those first round picks. Um, or even if they get one, to me, those are both going to be trade fodder, right? Whether it's a sign in trade to send Ant somewhere and maybe the ant or the pick picks up something along the way, or the pick is enough to get a veteran to come in, they get rid of it. Keon Johnson, though, is essentially a pick. Like he was, what was he? The, where was it? Hold on. He was second round pick. Oh, no, he was not. Sorry. He was first round pick, 21st pick. So Keon Johnson is essentially a first round pick that's on your roster right now. He's barely played in the NBA. So literally treat him as he's not, don't treat him as a player for a minute. Treat him as a pick. That's his value. Pick, that, 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 pick. Yeah. That's his asset. So you have your first, uh, uh, your late first round pick on your roster right now with an absolute ton of upside. Just very, very raw at the moment. So those are my two guys, because I think the upside on Keon outweighs what I've seen from CJ Ellaby. CJ Ellaby, it, given the current situation, here's the thing. You've talked about um, who makes the roster next year, this and that. One guy that is not going to make the roster next year is Brandon Williams. Okay, he was just a, cutting him off right off. Yeah, he's just, there's just not a spot for him. You're not going to have, you're not going to keep Keon, who is under contract next year, and then has the two year team options that you want to keep that around because it's very very friendly to have that deal, right? But Brandon Williams, again, G League guy, bounced around a little bit. Now he's here. Now he's playing well. But the thing that irritates me is the fact that Brandon Williams is doing these things and having good games, and now fans are talking about him. But you have a guy in C.J. Ellaby who is not moving that needle. This is the situation where C.J. Ellaby should have absolutely stepped up and should be having these 20-point mm. performances and looking like a guy who's sat on the bench and studied and been in this league for now for a few years. But he is being outperformed by Trendon Watford. He has been outperformed by Greg Brown. He's been outperformed by Brandon Williams, right? Like he, th th That should not happen to C.J. Ellaby. So C.J. Ellaby, done. I, I just do not see a situation in which he comes back. Brandon Williams, done. I think Brandon Williams probably latches on on uh, at least a full two-way deal with someone or just a nice team-friendly, you know, bet min to him, whatever. So, you know, give him a mil and a half, two mil, whatever that minimum is. It's just not with Portland because I think it, right now, as it stands, I think their two young guys are going to be Keon and Trendon Wofford. 
You also have Greg Brown in that mix, but those are all, those are 13, 14, 15 on the depth chart. And then if they decide to use that first round pick, if they get in the, you know, the top five or something, get a guy that can be a difference maker, there's another young guy. But I don't see him just loading up again. If you Dame's going to come back healthy, we go re-sign Nurk, and we're going to pair them with Watford and Brown and Williams and Ellaby. No, you're, have fun. Have fun. Yeah, that's, that's not that's Outside not a... of Watford, who has proven himself and earned it, of all the young guys, the one most likely to be on the roster when the season starts next year, if he's not used as a trade as a trade asset again, because again, as I said, he uh, Keon Johnson is a first round pick, basically, that you're, you can right. send out there, um, would be Keon, in my opinion. Okay, and so, so then the follow-up that I kind of mixed together earlier and we straightened out, uh, so for, yeah, Brandon McIntyre's follow-up would be, of those three players that you're saying would make the roster next year, Trenton Watford, Greg Brown, Keon Johnson, McIntyre is positing that Watford is the most likely one to reach, like, NBA level, like, actual rotation player status. Do you have that same faith in Watford? Like, I, I, I like what we're seeing from him, but he's still that tweener, where I feel like Keon Johnson, like you're saying, at least what we've seen from Keon Johnson so far, it's a small sample, but he, he's, he's producing. You see him able to get his bucket. You know, just pretty, pretty pure. I'm going to agree with Brandon in the fact that I think... You don't like doing that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did say on Twitter, because when I when I mentioned the, the fans should take pause with what happened to Russ, he, he sent out a, a Star Wars gift, you know, welcome to the dark side. Dark side, yeah. And I tweeted out that. I was like, well, if I ever went to, you know, went full evil, I would create my own Legion of Doom rather than join Brandon on the dark side. I'd be my own entity. Um, but anyway, I'm going to agree with him here because what I what I see in Watford is a mid-tier guy. Like, I, I see a guy whose who's ceiling is is sixth seventh man in your rotation but whose floor is 10th man like he i i I see a guy who who has a pretty standard set of where he is and he's going to accomplish that and it's going to get those rotation minutes you know a a, a pat Connaughton, a jake layman type right a guy who you didn't necessarily see star in him, but you saw that that guy is a rotation player. Like Pat Connaughton like knows his role, the Bucks, kind of right? So that's yeah. where I see Watford. The thing is, I think Keon Johnson, I think his ceiling is far higher than Watford's. Like his ceiling uh, okay. is, is he can be probably a, a, a legit starting caliber guard in this league. However, his floor is also. 14th 15th man below on the 10 yeah <laughs> or playing overseas like there's such a big differentiation between his raw talent and where he is right now and whether or not he can he can hit with what you expect so if you really had to say which one did you see still getting minutes and playing successfully in the league x years from now i i as weird as it is i i'm going to say trend and Womp. i could i get what you're saying too and the thing too with uh i mean on one side keon johnson at least Blazer fans, we've seen, we talked about the eye test earlier. We've seen a pretty good near full season of Watford on the eye test. And, and again, even those of us like, like myself that were skeptical of him early, maybe mostly because I was just trying to push back against Brandon McIntyre. Uh, it's hard not to appreciate what you're seeing. Keon Johnson, though, it is still such a small sample size. Again, like you said, he's basically a draft pick. We're, we're seeing him produce, and I like what you're seeing from him. He does seem to have a very identifiable tangible skill set for what he does on the floor uh but even beyond the small sample size 
I think what you're pointing out too is just the, it's the guard thing. Guards mm-hmm. can have really good production. We've talked before about how CJ McCollum uh, at the contract he was getting wasn't producing a whole significant lot more on paper than someone who's getting a good chunk less. There's a lot of guards that can reach that high level, yeah. but not all of them can uh, can sustain that high level necessarily. Or you know, again, yeah, that, that makes sense, man. That Keon and here, and here's the thing on Keon. Window. Keon needs to go to whatever off-season camp and work with the same coach Nasir Little did because mm. the biggest thing that's going to hamper Keon from really hitting his potential is his jump shot. He is mm. he's reliable jumper. He's very he, he's he's tall, he's lengthy, very athletic, but his jump shot's just not reliable, okay? Now Nasir Little first year in the league, his jump shot looked busted. Busted. <laughs> yeah. The very but he next fixed year, it, though. the very yeah. next year, like holy smokes, that's the same guy. That's yeah. the same jump shot. Like I've totally refined it and turned this into a, like a very reliable, reliable shooter. By now, like, like again, you look at him in, in year two, and you're like, it's getting better. Still some work to do. This year, you're like that. That's a reliable shot. Yeah. Again, you if you would have gone back to this year's rookie year and watched him spot it from three, you're like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> now he's wide open. You're like, sweet buckets. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's the diff. That's where uh, Keon needs to make the biggest jump. Is he just needs to make that jump shot reliable? The fact, I mean, again, only first year in the league, so it's not like you have a ton to look at. But as a as a as a guard shooting twenty let's see 28 percent from three in his time with the blazers 28 percent on the season total from three for a guard that's you can't have a shooting guard who shoots worse from three than al farouk aminu keith like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so but that's the thing it's only this first year uh the nba is very good at finding guys who have just just need a little bit of a tweak in their jump shot and changing it um and if he can build that then that's where he's going to be able to hit his ceiling. Still a very good player. All right. So the last question I wanted to review with you from our spaces last night. And again, shout out to everyone that came for the spaces. A lot of fun. Always nice to hear from you listeners from, you know, just having getting the live conversation there, hearing your not just questions being submitted, but your actual takes Just being able to kind of have a have dialogue. We had some new guys coming in there as well. I believe it was was uh, Dylan, not Dylan uh, McKinnon from NBC, but another Dylan uh, friend is his first time on spaces. He said, but he big blazer fan. He jumped right in, grabbed a mic and it was great. So nice. You know, again, anyone else who wants to come join us on Spaces, don't be afraid. Grab a mic, say your piece, stick around and say more if you want. I'm not going to cut you off. Mostly, I'm just trying to, every time I'm not speaking, if someone else is, 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 has, is having their say, I'm just sitting there handing out invites as much as possible. So please come and join us, uh, say whatever you want, and we will then use that for more dialogue on this show like we're doing now. So Chris, the last question from Spaces I want to ask you about. How many games do the Blazers win of their last 19? Or I guess now it's last 18 because we played that game last night against Minnesota, although that was barely a game. <laughs> uh, let's see. 19 of them. Eight, 18 left. 18 left. 18 got... of them. And they're going to yeah. make the play in, light the world on fire. <laughs> Keith, Keith, Keith. Let's take a quick look here at this schedule because I don't see an uh, 0-18 run. Um, you, know, you, th- you think they will indeed win some games. They will actually get some wins here, is what Chris is saying. It's possible. I think, hey, look at the worst teams in the NBA, man. Just an 0-18 run is, is yeah. hard. Well, and 
if uh, if anyone pays attention to tankathon.com as well for tracking all of these kind of teams that are racing to the bottom and not doing well, uh, Blazers have one of, if not the very easiest schedule from here on out, as far as the stats go and the numbers. We face a lot of teams that are at our level or below. I think more than half, the half games or more are against just bottom feeder teams. So we're not facing a lot of stiff competition. We've had some really good performances from our young guys. That's why you're also seeing the front office making decisions to sit Anthony Simons out for some small quad soreness one night and then whatever crazy ass knee thing they were saying the other night. That's why you're seeing Josh Hart sit for rest. Uh, obviously, you know, some of our dudes still have actual legitimate injuries, but the front office is doing everything they can right now to make sure that this team doesn't win any more games than absolutely necessary. <laughs> but yeah, we've got we got Jazz tomorrow, Wizards coming up. What do you think, Chris? I'm going to put them at I'm going to put them at 3 to 4. 3 to 4 wins three out of the final wins. 18. Here's the thing. Um, they're going to at least beat the Spurs once, and those are going to be very interesting. <laughs> those are going to be very interesting games. Well, the play team them three that, times from here on out. Yeah, play so, yeah, you play so. them you play them three times and you're currently a game ahead of them in the standings. You want to lose all three of those. The Spurs also <laughs> want to lose all three of those, uh, but Portland's going to gonna probably win one of them. You also have two games against the Rockets, who are the worst team in the Western Conference right now, uh, and you also have the Oklahoma City Thunder twice, who are the second worst team in the Western Conference right now. So I think you're going to pick up one of those, um, at least one of those four games, right? So there's, think about that. You said of their next 18, of their next 18, 17, excuse me, of your next 18, seven of them are against teams below you in the Western Conference standings. Um, but then on the other side of that, you also have a game against uh, the Knicks, the Pacers, and the Pistons, who are three of the four, oh, and the Wizards, so are, who are four of and the, the five worst teams. Uh, and the Pelicans. The, oh, no, you already got Pelicans. No, I didn't get the Pelicans, but the Pelicans aren't a bad team. They are they're they're a playing team. They're playing so much better with CJ McCollum. Yeah, they're doing a lot better out. now. The the numbers were just low at first. So I was lumping them in, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, so right. I don't I don't think they lose or I don't think they win that game against the Pelicans. I'm thinking they're winning at least one against the Spurs. I think they're taking one of two against the Thunder. I think they're taking one of two against the Rockets. And then I think <laughs> I think they're I think they're ending the year on a high note with a win against the Jazz because the Jazz will have oh. every every incentive uh right there before the playoffs start to not play go to player, not play not their play guys Mitchell, yeah. not play anybody because what's the point so i'm gonna stick with four man i like that final game prediction there of saying we win that final game against the jazz it makes sense you're totally right there's no incentive for the jazz to play a winning team on that day they want to rest anyone who they're going to be playing in the you first know, round of the playoffs you know what's going to happen what's is, gonna happen? is the jazz are going to sit everybody <laughs> the blazers are going to need a loss like a loss <laughs> is going to basically guarantee them like really, really good chance at like a top, like a top five three pick. pick or something like yeah, that. Like yeah. they, they need the loss no matter what. And then fucking CJ Ellaby is going to drop 50 points or something <laughs> like that. After all yeah, the crap we've we talked always have that him, guy. All, all the crap. Got... It's gonna, and he's going he's gonna to set a franchise record for like th three pointers made. He's just going to go fucking <laughs> nuclear on the, on the Utah Jazz. And then just like we're saying, all this talk is going to be about CJ Elby, got to bring him back next season. Right. What a piece. It'll be like Myers Leonard. Right. I was going to say, we've right? seen big games from, from CJ, from Myers, right. from Penny over the years where they just blow yeah. up at the end of the season. And we're like, yeah. oh my God. Like you knew the the writing was on the wall. You knew Myers was going to be gone. You knew they were going to move <laughs> on. And then he goes out against the Warriors in the Western Conference right. Finals and has his greatest game as a Blazer. That's what uh, CJ yeah. Ellie's gonna do. To, uh, <laughs> CJ Ellie's gonna do to screw you on the final night of the season. 
Oh man, yeah. I, <laughs> I really hope that that's not the way it goes down. We're, we'll have to see if if we get to April 10th, we will have to do a podcast on April 11th if CJLB has his his right. career game. You know, you know why? You know why you're laughing? Because it's believable. That's why you're laughing. Is because it it's seems believable. impossible. But the way this team goes, man, they, yeah, like we've had a streak of dudes who, who, who have small roles through a season, then just blow up on some final game, and again, fans then go nuts for them, acting like they're the next star, they're the next coming. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like one of those things, Keith, where like, the season ends, and it's like, like, Blazers, Spurs, Kings, freak, Thunder, even maybe they win a couple. They're in like a four-way tie for what would be you know the 11th seed and like the blazers literally need to lose the game and it puts them 14th in the west and cj is <laughs> just gonna say nope nope and then they're gonna go finish 11th and they're gonna get the ninth pick in the draft instead of a top you know high percentages of a top three and before before b mac hey. listens to this and goes well just because they finish in 11th doesn't mean they can't get a top three pick you guys do know how the lottery works right yes i'm well aware <laughs> of how a lottery works but you also are aware of how we have a number of winnable games here down the stretch but yeah yeah but you there gotta remember so elements... winning is not what they need to do right when, now when they're not trying to win there are so many ways that things are getting tweaked to just make it that much harder when you again i said it earlier but you see josh josh hart sitting out for rest one game uh, and Penny was in. Then the next game they have Penny and Winslow sitting out. Josh Hart comes back in. They're just making a point of not just com not only taking dudes off the floor, but making sure that the rotations in there are just not what these guys are used to. I don't think I, I think one of the lines we saw the other night with uh, Josh Hart, Keon Johnson, maybe even Brandon Williams in that one too. Drew Eubanks on the floor. There's no way those dudes have played more than like single digit minutes together uh, in NBA games so far this season. It's yeah. It's, it's rough. This is it's that time of year. I've got a few other things to touch on here. Kind of wanted to get to these on spaces. We never got there last night. So just some random, uh, some I guess some rapid fire we can go through here and just kind of wrap it up. So the first one on the list actually <laughs> was that uh, could we possibly finish the season with zero wins? You already answered that. We cannot finish the season with zero wins. Do you think that's impossible? There's no way we get zero and 18 from here out. Um, e. I just, <laughs> I just don't see it even, I mean, Ooh, they're on a five-game losing streak right now. Ugh. I just don't see it. It sounds crazy. weird. To, it sounds weird to say that it would be really nice to happen, but I just, I just, don't, <laughs> I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, if we win five games or less, that still puts us at thirty wins or less on the season. So it, it, we don't need to go zero and eighteen to still have, you know, a, a season that puts in a pretty good position for the uh, for the draft. And, you know, as long as New Orleans doesn't get too much better, we, I think we've still got several. They're, they're, yeah, the New Orleans pick right now is listed as 10th, and we get it as long as it doesn't fall below 14th. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on from that one. I liked this, actually. I, I think I heard someone talking about this. This might have been uh, a question I heard Mike Richmond come up with on Locked On Pod. And actually, shout out to Mike Richmond. Hey! He said that he stole the which is more likely or would you rather idea of a game from someone on a Locked on Raptors podcast. But come on, like we, we've all done would you rathers before. It's not unique. So if he's shouting them out, I, I guess I'm shouting him out and I'm stealing it the same way that he stole it from them. Point is, who is more likely to be a Blazer? CJ Ellaby or Joe Ingles next season? Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles, hands down. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Now that we've already talked about Ellaby and how far down he is on the list, that, that seems a little more I obvious. Think, I think Cronin... 
has painted this picture that he sees Joe Ingles as a viable member of this team. I think at this point of his career, I think Joe Ingles is not going to command Joe Ingles money. And I think he's a player that you're going to be able to go out and sign on uh, a vet, vet min deal type thing or something. I mean, you also have his bird rights in the deal, I believe that uh, you, you retain those. So you can give him a little extra money need be, um, but he's just not, he's not going to get $14 million a year, Joe Ingles money, but I definitely could see him coming. And here's the thing. If he's, 80% Joe Ingles if the the knee injury hampers him that bad he's still like a 40% three-point shooter and plays decent defense and even if he loses the ability to play defense there's still a mind on the shoulder that can teach the kids a lot of good stuff. I mean that's a, a guy who was as good as he was in his prime defensively can definitely teach things to Nasir Little and even Josh Hart who's a good defender and yeah I just there's value in having him it's kind of like the Carmelo Anthony effect right like there's there was value in having uh mellow in that locker room regardless of how he's playing regardless of the fact that like he wasn't the mellow that played with the new york knicks like he was a shell a shell of what he used to be right, like, right there's right. value in having him so uh yeah i think it's ingles over Ellaby. okay i like that see i actually got a little bit of run uh despite that we kind of shut ingles out of the roster already on this pod i um, i did and i yeah, did yeah, right yeah. off right off the bat but I, I i feel that changing with how cronin has talked about him Mm, yeah. Next question. Is Penny Simons regressing? Now, hear me out here. Wait, with the first four, with that four game win streak that we had where everyone was getting so hyped on him, uh, his numbers, as I pull these up here real quick, were 30 points, 6.3 assists, two and a half rebounds a game. Then over these last five, the last five losses we had, which he played in the first four, but not then last night, he is only putting up 22 points four assists, and two rebounds a game. Which of those do you think is uh, the actual penny sign? 22, four, and two, or 30, six and a half, and, I don't know, two and a half? At this point, 20, 22, four, and two. You're going with the lower one. Yeah, but that's not bad. Still, yeah, that's still 22, not bad. four, and two. That's definitely not bad. <laughs> And, no, it's regression, know, Chris. It's not as good as it was. We no, it's, be... not, it's, not regre- <laughs> it's not regression. Like, okay, statistically (laughs) yeah statistically it's regression but regression to me is a player was here it was at point a and has now regressed down to point b and that's where they are with no other outlying effects they have just themselves have regressed uh ant has ant's numbers have gone down you talked about you know the nights he was scoring 30s and stuff like that well you had uh you know he had a 30.8 assist a game against the knicks Yusuf Nurkic was in the lineup. That makes a huge difference. Mm, yes, he had thirty-point games and, and and whatnot with with CJ uh, uh, CJ McCollum around, but he's not around anymore. Another you know twenty-four point night a, a couple weeks ago, but it's just like now, it's it's Ant and again CJ Ellaby and Brandon Williams and Trendon Watford and Greg Brown. As much as I like those young guys, they are not. CJ McCollum and Norman Powell and Damian Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic and Robert right. Covington and the guys that you can just teams have to pay attention to. Like if Norm Powell is on the floor, he, he has gravity. Nurk has gravity. Covington has gravity. CJ has a ton of gravity. <laughs> Trendon Watford doesn't have gravity. Does not have gravity. Neither no. does Greg Brown. So a team looks at the five <laughs> players on the floor and goes, okay, well, 
we're gonna start doubling and 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 trapping and you know doing everything we need to do on Ant because he's he is their threat. There is no other threat. If CJ is literally the if CJ LOB hits a shot, we'll live with it. If Trendon Wofford is the one who gets the shot at the end of the possession, we'll live with it. Hmm. Just take it. Let's just make life hard on Ant, just, and that's what teams have been doing. Not right, a regret. Right. It's not a regression when there's other factors that lead into it. When a player just starts to, you know, go down. Like I said, Carmelo Anthony, his last few years in, in New York versus Carmelo Anthony in Portland and L.A., that's a, that's a regression. That's that not what we're seeing from Ant. Listen, how dare you tell me that that's not regression when I'm just trying to – I want to present some plus-minus numbers uh, in a small sample size and act like that is fact. Uh, no, you're, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong at all, and there are other factors to it. But it does lead into my next and final question that I have for you, Chris. Which happens first? Penny Simons becoming an all-star or another non-Dame Blazers all-star through trade or free agency? Someone else in the Blazers makes all-star. When you frame it that way, that means that when you frame it that way, you mean... Well, I guess you don't mean it that way. Because as I say, when you frame it that way, you, you kind of infer that Ant would have to make an all-star game, not as a Blazer. No, 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 no. Just like, which... Who will be an all-star first? Penny Simons or anyone else in the Blazers not named Dame, or like someone else okay, for okay. the Blazers not you. named Dame. I got you. Um, that is a really tough question, and I am okay. This is twofold answer. It's 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 down the middle, but you're gonna understand why. I think okay. the answer as it stands right now is Ant because he is playing like a guy who can get an All Star bid. The only tough part about that though, Keith, is if CJ McCollum couldn't make an all-star game with Dame in town, Next I don't, I don't yeah. know if Ant is. And that's yeah. not as if Ant's not good. It's I still will hold firm to the fact that CJ McCollum is better than a lot of Blazer fans even wanted to give him credit for. He was not Robin to Dame's Batman. He was a Batman in, in and of himself. Uh, right. in, the, in the loaded Western Conference with all the guards in here, plus the fact that this was Dame's team, it just made it hard. Again, how many times have I said Portland was so lucky to have a guy like CJ? Um, but as it stands, the answer is Ant. However, Portland as an organization and Portland as a fan base wants the answer to be somebody yes. else. Yeah. Because the logical way to do that is have an all-star caliber small forward or an all-star caliber power forward. And that means you built the roster the way you needed to. And if you have an all-star at that, the, either of those positions, it drastically changes the trajectory of this team in a good way. So the answer as it stands now is Ant. The answer that I hope it is when we get to come back to this is someone else. We love what we're seeing from Penny right now, but it's 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 better for the team if he's not really the second option if he's like yeah. your third go-to on on the team if you got dame and another all-star and then penny and nurk after that yep portland portland's best course of action to really build this thing out is to have their second option be a power forward a small forward would help too but i but i think it's the power forward would help even more and then if ant is your third option your third scoring option and then nurk is solid solidly your fourth and you're not necessarily using him as a scoring option. You're using him more as, outside of Dame, a primary setup man who's running mm. pick and rolls with the ball in his hand more often. Like, right. He, I love when Nurk sets a pick with the ball in his hand. Like yes. I, I just love it. Um, the high palm up here. Yeah. And, just like, and at that yeah. point, 
at that point, you're in a much better place. The most balanced this team has ever been in the last decade was with Dame at power at, at, at point guard and LaMarcus Aldridge at power forward. Mm. It just yep. allowed you to keep, take your two best players and have one of your best players outside the arc, Spacing, one of your best yeah. players inside the paint, and now those gravities battle each other and defenses really have to figure out how they're going to defend it. That was also the best they were balanced defensively too with Batum and Wes and Rolo who filled that role the, out very well. It's easily the most talent this team has had in yeah. the last decade as yeah. well overall. But if you continue to go with your number one and your number two scoring options as guys who play above the arc, then defenses have a much easier time starting to adjust to that. Because again, gravity takes you outside and now the gravity from Dame and Ant are both there. And you're right back in the Dame and CJ situation. Is it going to score buckets? It's going to absolutely score buckets, but then you live and you die by the three, right? If that three-point shot ain't falling, you're fucked. So yeah, yeah. jump shooting team. So yeah, got to get a power forward. And the thing is, I don't necessarily think it's an all-star, but that's why I would love the addition of Jeremy Grant to this team. Because again, that get, it, he's he he might not be an all-star caliber guy if he's in Portland. He, he like, but you would argue that he might be your second scoring option outside of Ant just because of the way he can play inside and outside, draw gravity into the paint, play in the mid range, like just drastically change up how you how you've built this team. Look at Alpha attack, Ruka, yeah. look at Alfaruko Minu and Robert Covington. Like Alfaruko Minu was great for the team defensively. Offensively, literally, I'm going to sit in the corner. I have nothing else to do. Robert Covington, good defensively, but literally would sit in the corner uh, or just outside on uh, on the edge. Just catch and there, shoot, there was, yeah. There was not a lot of driving to the rim. There was no back to the basket. There was not a lot of mid-range game. So again, there, there was no versatility from that position. Like when people hate on Jeremy Grant, say, oh, he's not the guy who moves the needle. I disagree because he can hit that three-point shot. He can hit that mid-range shot. He can play with his back to the basket. Like he, he adds versatility to a role that you have not had at that position since LaMarcus Aldridge left. Is he as good as LaMarcus Aldridge? Hell no. But collectively, he's, your, he's the best person you've had at that position since LaMarcus Aldridge left. So Easily. not adding that, Easily. With, not wanting to add that is kind of asinine to me. Like I, I would take <laughs> that in a heartbeat. He's, he's yeah. the best power forward you would have since LaMarcus Aldridge left. Yeah. And, and it would and, drastically and, yeah. change the team. So anyway, that's, I take your rapid fire questions and run with them. So No, no. The, hey, I don't mind it not being rapid fire, man. I'd rather dive in anyway. Uh, and I have nothing to add. I think you nailed all of it. Uh, in fact, I have no other questions to add or anything. So unless no you have anything to throw in here. Your honor. No further questions. <laughs> should get a, a, a drop of that to end the episodes. But again, shout out to the Spaces crew. Hey! Uh, everyone that... Uh, came and joined me on the conversation last night had a really great time with all of you shout out to the discord crew as well all the questions for the mailbag all the interactions we've been having if you guys are not on discord yet you are doing it wrong come and check out the episode description as you're listening to this right now uh if you scroll down i'm gonna put it at the top before the episode is even described and i'll put it again below the description before we thank you it's gonna be in there twice so click on one of those links for the episode description or in the episode description click one of those links for discord come and join the party over there in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That is our show. Thank you, Chris Christopherson, Joseph Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. Yeah, Christopherson's coming back, man. It's just it just flows well. It's gonna gonna fit in there. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters.
Yeah, we gotta get you on the saxophone next time. 